Welcome to the first episode of the Caution Free Podcast. I am your host, Colton Sutley, along with my co-host, Tim Friedhaber. Um, this is a new racing podcast we decided to do. Um, we're both from Western PA, Saint, went to high school together and stuff, and uh, we like sprint cars racing a lot. Um, we like other types of dirt racing and just racing in general as well. And this podcast, we'll just be kind of talking about um, racing in general, but we'll probably mostly cover dirt racing and uh, specifically sprint car racing, and we'll probably cover some local racing as well. So, um, Tim, you got anything to say? Uh, no, you said most of it. I'm Tim. Like you said, I'm from uh, Western PA, Northwestern PA. I currently live in Morgantown, though going to uh, school here in West Virginia, um, but still very active uh, to getting to races and in the dirt community and watching races and watching the news about races. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it helps that I, I send you like every news bit about racing I can. And, you know, a lot, during a lot the of season, I, I send you a lot of wrecks. A lot of wrecks, yeah. And stuff. But, um, yeah, so this episode, we're just probably going to talk, all we're going to talk about are our schedules. Um, we had planned, this is Friday, um, or December 1st, almost said October, Jesus. But uh, we we decided to film this today and before the High Limit schedule and the Ward of Outlaw Sprint Car schedules came out because with the Ward of Outlaw Late Model schedule and the Stream Midget Outlaw schedule, we thought we'd have plenty of talk about so we didn't want to have like a three-hour episode but um well the racing gods have decided to throw in the word of outlaw sprint car schedule and the high limit schedule for us to talk about as well so to start we'll talk about word of outlaw sprint car schedule um 86 races four new tracks um pretty much the new tracks are just in Texas and Oklahoma, um, Kennedale Speedway in Texas, uh, Big O Speedway in Texas. They're both uh, March dates, uh, both quarter mile tracks. I don't really know too much about them. I don't know if you know anything, Tim, about them. But um, the other two new tracks are Thunderbird Speedway in Oklahoma. It's a half mile. I've heard, I know a little bit about it just from uh, the Passing Points podcast. Um, they're based in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, so they talk about like that. And then Arrowhead Speedway in Oklahoma, that's a one-third mile track, and they'll be hosting the six Jason Johnson Classic, so that's a pretty big date and means a lot to a lot of the guys because, uh, you know, they race against Jason Johnson and stuff, and he was a really good guy. So Yeah, so uh, I see their opener is at Volusia again. Do you do you think they're going to get the race in, or is it going to get rained out for like the fifth year in a row? Well, Volusia. Well, I mean, I think they only had like one day. I feel Volusia like every year they have year. one day that gets rained out, though. Uh, like, I don't know. I think the past couple of years they've been pretty good. I mean, they usually do like two All Star days and then all, yeah. the, uh, like three outdoors. I don't know. It'll be different this year, but. Uh, you know, February 7th, that's a great day to have a sprint car race on. You know, just my birthday, so. Great day you know, to start. Uh, yeah. But, uh, so I think the uh, I think the elephant in the room is that the Outlaws are not going to Port Royal this year. I think that's yeah. A, that's a that's a big, big, uh, step in the wrong direction for the Outlaws, but I guess it wasn't their choice. What do you well, think about that? I mean, well, I don't know if I sent you it or not, but I saw Jeremy Elliott with Sprint Car Unlimited. He tweeted, um, well, he broke the news in an article. Then he also, I saw he tweeted or asked or whatever it's called now. Mm -hmm. uh, he said that the Ward of Outlaws, Ward Racing Group, didn't want the Outlaw Sprint Cars to go there since Port Royal has those high limit dates. And then they were going to have the late models there, but then 
uh, Poro was like, no. I mean, you can't blame them for, like, they want the sprint cars there. That's sprint car country. They don't, yeah, they want late models, and they race late, super late models weekly, but it's, dude, it, the sprint cars are what bring bring the fans to the tracks for those, especially in Central PA and, that, and even in Western PA. I feel like the sprint cars are more of the bring what people in, bring people in and stuff. But, I mean, it's it's a business, and it's pretty nasty, but there's plenty of PA and Ohio dates on the yeah. outlaw schedule. I mean, and that's our, like, main opportunities because the only two, uh, there's two local shows for us in West, Western PA area uh, Sharon, at Sharon Speedway, May 18th and September 28th. And, I mean, it's in Ohio, but it's basically, it's so close to PA that's, you know, pretty much it. I mean, it's been scheduled I don't know how many times in a Western PA Sprint Speed Week. So, but that'll be, um, I, hopefully I can make it to like one or two, one or both of those races. But, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see a big difference this year with uh, World of Outlaws with Brad Sweet stepping away, uh, with Rico possibly running, uh, the high well, limit series. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be different. I, I don't. I'd like to hear who you think is going to be the new world outlaw champion without Brad Sweet in the mix. David Gravel. I mean Carson Macedo. He kind of faded away, but I feel like Gravel was just he's more consistent, like Brad Sweet was, which you, which is how you win championships. You consistency. But I mean, anybody could come up. I mean. Like it's kind of opening the door to like almost anybody because Logan Schuhart, uh, mm. not like a couple years ago, he had like third place finishes in the outlaw points or like second or third a couple of times. Like he was up there, right up there with you know the second to third, fourth place guys, and I can see him maybe in Geo Salzi. He's somebody to watch out as well he's very talented and i mean there's just there early money david gravel i mean who's your dark horse pick i was gonna say carson Mesita, but he was in the battle for a while um probably probably geo selby or uh sheldon bottom shield yeah, one of those two. I mean, I don't even know if you can consider him a dark horse, though. Really, but well, with guys like Gravel, you can. I, I honestly, I, I see Gravel winning the whole thing, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Carson Macedo or Logan Schuhart. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's a huge thing for Brad Sweet to not be in that series. But I think we'll see Brad Sweet possibly win the High Limit series, maybe Rico yeah. this year. I think he's. I think Ellis Rico is in it. I just see Brad's tweet just killing him. And point points wise, I mean Jacob Allen did uh, declare for him, but I just feel like Larson is just gonna, or not Larson. Shoot, Sweet is just gonna run away with the overall points championship, and then I it'll be a battle between him and Larson and Rico for the uh, midweek points. But it'll be interesting, um, yeah, to say the least. So, um, let me see here. So, Kings Royal is obviously going to be at Eldora again this year. Do you see? Uh, do you see Brad Sweet racing at Kings Royal? Yeah, the day. Well, the later on, as we go for the high limit schedule, you'll see um, that the two days before the two days for the Kings Royal. Uh, are high limit shows. Yeah. Um, I, the one I believe it's called like the Joker's, um, shoot, it's called something Joker's something, um. But anyways, it's a hundred thousand to win, and then the King's Royal is like a hundred seventy five thousand to win. So it'll 
Yeah, the July seventeenth and eighteenth is the Joker's jackpot, and then the nineteenth, right? Yeah, nineteenth and twentieth. And twentieth is King's Royal. Yeah, I think that's gonna yeah. be a that's gonna be four really big days for Eldora. Um, hopefully their track isn't garbage this year, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, it's. I don't know. It it got better for um. The one weekend, I forget what weekend it was. I want to say it was a late mall race. I can't remember, but the track was much better. But then the for the Lucas Oil Championship, I think that's like called like the World One Hundred, or maybe not. I can't remember what it, exactly that race is called. But it was well the night before when it was supposed to run, it was bad, and then the next day, it was still very. There was like only six or seven cars that finished the whole race. Yeah. Like out of, I think they started like twenty eight. I mean, it was pretty pathetic. But I mean, I don't own a track and don't have the money to do so. I guess I can just shut up and watch. Yeah. But, um. Did you see uh, Sealands Grove in PA? They got uh first time since nineteen ninety one that the Outlaws are going back there. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big thing for them. I feel like not a lot of people talk about Sealings Grove as like one of the big like central tracks but i feel like they're they're up there with port royal and i mean williams grove isn't great but they're up there with those tracks well and you uh lincoln as well like it's like in my opinion it's port royal lincoln williams grove is up there just because of the historic value i don't think the track is very good but then like baps and sealings grove are like the next tier yeah and baps has an outlaw race this year or this coming season as well just like they did this year which is good for them and then williams grove has like six dates on a schedule the morgan cup the summer nationals and the national open which people don't understand why they have so many dates because the track is terrible but it's that historic importance and then the national open in my opinion is crown jewel sprint car racing and then uh, Lincoln Speedway also has a date in May as well. So that's four Central PA tracks on Outlaw schedule, and I don't, it's like ten races total, roughly. Yeah, I mean something yeah. like that. You know, I think I don't think it's a blow anymore with High Limit taking over, but I think it's a very. I don't want to say a step in the wrong direction for the Outlaws, but World Racing Group pulling out of Lernerville, or I guess Lernerville not deciding to partner with world racing group anymore for the common not the commonwealth clash the The, uh, uh, firecracker yeah the firecracker and then um what is the one in like august well it was uh world race with lernerville a couple years ago with lernerville uh having the lucas oil super late models uh sanctioned a firecracker 100 uh yeah what about sprint cars? The Ward Racing Group decided not to bring them there for the mm-hmm. uh, Don Martin Memorial Silver Cup, which is usually in July, and then the Commonwealth Clash, which last year was a high limit race, which was, a, I, I believe, the best sprint car race I've ever seen. Not good for the locals with it being so um, power heavy, power favoring, like big motor favoring. But it was so good racing nonetheless. Yeah. But, it's, um, um... I, I think it's just I think it's wild that the Silver Cup is now uh, obviously it's all star sanctioned, but all star is now high limit. And I just think that's a that's a is a good move for high limit, but it's a crazy move that the outlaws what well, they ran the event for like twenty years. I think it was like two thousand one was the last time the All Stars were even there. Up until last year. Well, no, uh a couple years or the past two years it's been all star sanctioned. Yeah. The Silver Cup, but the All Stars have had uh, shows at Lernerville the past twenty some years. It's just the uh, two big, the two bigger races on a schedule for Lernerville uh, have always been the Outlaws. Besides yeah. the past couple seasons, which I um, mean, I think it's good because it, in a sense, because it gives the opportunities for other drivers to make not good money especially ones around here just to make the show and when you're competing against like the outlaw level stuff it's harder to 
you're like going against like 14 outlaws or something like that versus like 10 all-stars you have a little bit better of a chance making yeah. a show over all-star some some of the all-star drivers but um so I let's mean, uh Ohio, sorry go uh i was just gonna say about hollow ohio luckily uh for them the uh, they have a lot of uh they have I think about twelve dates in Ohio, the outlaws do. Uh they go to Eldora a couple like four times. They have the Brad Doty Classic before the King's Royal um at Attica. And then Atomic has a two day show with paired with the extreme midgets. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to Fremont for the first time since twenty sixteen. And they also have a date at Wayne County. Which that's good for Ohio because as as you will see when we go to the high limit race schedule, Ohio is kind of forgotten and Dollar Stars had like fifteen to twenty races in Ohio each year, which helped a lot of local teams be able to afford to keep racing and tracks just to be able to make just even break even if not make money off of the season. Yeah, I think I think with the uh, shift to high limit specifically, I know we talked about it earlier how Brad and Kyle both don't want to compete with World of Outlaws. Um, they just want to make the sport better. But I think I think the owners of the Outlaws, um, World Racing Group specifically, um, do see the competition that high limit brings, and that there is actual guys in the Outlaw group that are now going over to race high limit, like Jacob Allen. Um, Brad Sweet, for instance, you have guys like Kyle Larson that are probably going to run as many events as they can. Rico, um, and I, just, I think that, I think that for the first few years of High Limit and Outlaw, you're going to see a lot of uh, states specifically only have like one or the other, and I think that's what it's going to move to for a while. But I think eventually, um, if one series doesn't put the other series out, it'll go back to the way it was. But I think right now with the high purse paying of both series, it's going to be up to the tracks to decide which series they want to have. But I, that's not to say that next year High Limit won't make a return to Ohio as much as the All-Stars did. But I think for a while we're going to see the it's only going to be one series at the track versus both series. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet or whatever it's called now. Uh there was like only like six tracks that have both series scheduled this coming season, which I mean, I with the All Stars, they're obviously uh, probably a higher number than just six, but it's the All Stars were more of a theater series to the Outlaws than a competition. But it is, it hopefully it just doesn't hurt Ohio racing. I mean, they did um make the give the Ohio Speed Week to the Fast Series. But um, I've heard rumors of maybe a second Speed Week being put together between tracks. I've also heard that there might not be. I've also heard there might be, there's talks of somebody trying to start a regional series, kind of like the All-Stars this year. But I'm not sure. But the Fast Series does look like they're going to be trying, they raised their purses already. Looks like they're going to be trying to somewhat fill the void, but it will be a lot different. Yeah. But, um. Do you, uh we we'll talk a little bit more about the outlaw schedule here. Just hit some highlights yeah, of the bit. schedule, and then we'll move on to the high limit schedule. Um. First, so we already you already talk, mentioned the opener at Volusia, and then April twentieth they get to Hobstock at tri-state speedway it's a it's a quarter mile it i i love this track it it's really racy i mean there's multiple first time winners in the past uh carson short won in like 2019 or 2020 he was first time winner there bray bacon last year and it a lot of non-winged typical non-winged guys put pro the wings on and race i think like justin grant and mm-hmm. Emerson Axum and Brady Bacon, among others, did not last year. And I think it's only the second 
day either of the national touring series, both High Limit and Outlaws, that is in Indiana. But that Indiana's typically traditionally non-wing area, but with the Maverick um, wing series that Kevin Newton created in Indiana, there will be a lot of wing yeah. racing there going on still. Yeah, and then obviously we move to Knoxville Raceway, uh, June 14th through the 15th, and also having NASCAR weekend at oh, uh, Iowa Speedway. That's like that's gonna be that's gonna be a big weekend uh, for the state of Iowa. Um, yeah, um, it's also the Cup debut at Iowa Speedway, so mm-hmm. now everybody was really excited about that from Iowa. Um, always race day on Twitter was tweeting about it like crazy when it broke and stuff and now that's really smart to i think um to pair races with the nascar and yeah. i mean with the other series like the stream series and the late models and stuff like that i feel like it will help uh fans become fans of other motorsports and stuff and as you can see as we go through the schedule, there's a lot of NASCAR weekends associated with sprint car racing this year. Yeah. And then, um, obviously we moved to June 19th through the 22nd, uh, who sits high bank, um, high bank nationals, 20,000, uh, first night, hundred thousand. Am I getting this right? hundred thousand. Yeah. The second night, uh, 20,000 again, the third night, which is for the final and then 250,000 to win. I think that's uh how much how much up is that from last year purse wise so last year last so this year they're calling it the first two nights are the high bank hustle and the last two are the high bank nationals last year the high bank nationals it was a four-day show and then um the first three nights were twenty thousand to win and then the finale was two hundred fifty thousand to win which david gravel won at his car owners track so you know but and then this year like you mentioned it's going to be like split up in two over a hundred thousand to win race like that's a crazy payday weekend yeah. like just, it's out, crazy how much went out completely and you're walking away with almost four hundred thousand dollars which is i mean it's not it's not the million but it's pretty good um, I mean, Brent, Brent Marks did not at Eldora, not this season, but the last season, he won, like, the historical big one and the Kings Royal, and they were both, like, over 100000 to yeah. win. So, he, I mean, that true outlaw schedule worked really well for him the past couple of seasons, especially that year. But, um, and then August 2nd and 3rd, the Ironman 55, the I-55, that, the MP League, uh, I guess, is I should mention that this because a lot of people call it Peevely, but that race this past year was amazing. I didn't. I don't know if I if you caught the highlights or not, but Lar- Larson passing Truehart like last lap. I I didn't even think there. Were, I was watching it uh, coming back from the Fifty Cent concert, and I was like, I didn't think the race was over. I was like, what? It's over. Because it was just so high intense, just battling, sliding and dying, and it was a great race. But uh, yep. And then finally, we move on to, well, I guess not finally. We had the Knoxville Nationals, August seventh through the tenth. Going to be the Nationals. Going to be expensive to go to. Probably a lot of good racing though. Hopefully the weather holds up. Um, I don't, I don't know who I see winning the Nationals this year, but I do look forward to the car schemes again. Yeah, that's always one of the best things uh, about it. But I, it's so hard. Uh, Larson and Gravel are two that – I think Gravel went like 20-something to third or second yeah. this year. And then Larson just dominated. I mean, Larson's the best driver and. I want to say all motorsports right now, arguably. I mean, who, with how many different cars he races and how well he does in each one, it's hard to say he's not the best right now. But I I think he's be... uh I think he's very close up there. I think 
uh, him, well, him racing in the Indy 500 is going to be a very big example of how good he is at everything he does. And I could see him winning the Indy 500 this year. Yeah, uh, it'd be cool to see if he can, if he wins both the Indy 500 and the Coke 600, which are both crown jewels in their respective uh, yeah. forms of motorsports. And I'm, I, I want to see him win everything because it is like watching AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti, like those type of drivers that are like to get some of the greatest of all time and to realize that we're li- we're right now watching it happen live time and not just remembering about it through history is you got to take it in. And I know people are going to boom because he wins all the time and stuff, but like just sit back and just enjoy the greatness some because when it's gone, you're going to be telling your grandkids about it and they're going to be like, uh, he probably isn't not good compared to this driver nowadays, but there's some something stupid like that. But you just gotta enjoy it. Yeah. And then um, September 20th to 21st is the Dennis Roth Classic at Tulare Thunderbolt. Um, it's eighty three thousand to win. Uh, eighty three because that's what De- uh, the Roth cars they have always been numbered eighty three. I don't remember exactly what the payout was last year, but I know it is a very big improvement. Uh, I want to say it was like nineteen thousand and eighty-three dollars or something. It was something weird where they had eighty-three dollars because of mm-hmm. his number, but to see it jump up that high is amazing. And there's a lot of big paying California races this season, and if any. It, if these schedules are kind of the split is hurting Ohio racing, it sure as heck is helping California racing. Yeah. I mean, hopefully somebody can help out Ohio and stuff. If I had the money, I would for sure. But I I think Ohio exciting. Yeah. Um, Before we move on uh, to high limit, we obviously have world finals at Charlotte. Um, it's probably going to be the best racing of the year. This year was crazy. Um, yeah. Caution-free for the yeah. sprint cars. Yeah. All three nights. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be crazy. But uh, before we move on to High Limit, I did. I was thinking that I feel like with the new series being built um, and Brad and Kyle really upping the purse, it's helped the overall purse of a lot of other sprint car races. Um like the one at Thunderbolt. Yeah. Um yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't think the points fund for well, so the outlaws have been increasing the purse money and the tow money and the bonus money the past handful of years. So when people are saying, Oh, they're only doing it because of high limit, that what they're doing now, that's completely false because they've been doing it for a while and yeah. for the past few years. They may not be increasing the to win purses or maybe and stuff, but they're like have increased stuff for a while now. And it, but like, like you said, the Thunderbolt, and then they, I think they said they're, they were going to have like at least like 600,000 to win or more races. And I, I think I counted five so far, but they did not have the winning, the two win purses on. Their schedule, um, they just had it on a couple of write-ups of the big key races, and actually some of the ones that only know they're a hundred k to win because of the past few years they have been. Yeah. So, uh, but, uh, moving on to the high limit schedule, we have sixty races. The big local races we have are July twenty third at Lernerville, which is twenty five thousand to win which is the Silver Cup, we're assuming. Uh, it's probably going to be the Silver Cup. Then September 13th to 14th, we have the Commonwealth Clash weekend this year, two dates. Um, it's, it is a weekend, right? Yes, it's Friday, okay. well, it's 10K to win, and then Saturday is another 50K to win race, just like this past year, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. Now, uh, before we move on, let's, uh, let's give a brief re- recap of the 
Commonwealth Clash from this year because we both went. Well, we went to the Silver Cup as well. But, but it wasn't. Larson, oh, it was all stars. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Basically. Kyle Larson dominated, pretty much domin- dominated in that track. Rico made, or not race, I mean, not track. Rico broke down, not, and couldn't show up, and you were very heartbroken. And I, I was I mean, heartbroken. Someday we'll get him on the show, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, dude, the Commonwealth Clash, uh, Dale Jr. Was there? I mean, that place was nuts. We had his co-host Mike Davis walk right by us. My dumbass did not recognize him because I listen to the podcast at work and don't watch it, so I didn't recognize him at first. But that yeah, place was jam packed. Definitely, definitely the fullest. I think both of us have probably ever seen that place. Yeah, and that's not a knock on on Learnerville at all, but it's just like. I mean, there was so much Dale on our or junior stuff, like everywhere. Like everybody was wearing it, and there was like people like seventy years old showing up when it was like fifty, sixty degrees out, fifty degrees out. And I mean, but if there could have been a better race for him to experience his first sprint car show, I don't, I don't think yeah. there would be one. At least. That was an amazing race. I mean, in the heat race, Justin Sanders Sanders was dominating so much that he yeah. spun, he spun and was still able to freaking win it by like half half a lap. I mean, it was, and then the future was just nuts. I mean, let's uh let's talk about that track record. So track record, first time it had been. I forgot about that. It wasn't broken in I think twenty three years. And yeah, so, or 20 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Brad Sweet, first lap out. Uh, well, actually, he almost broke it in hot laps. Um, a few people almost broke it in hot laps. First lap out of qualifying, beat the time by like 0.23 seconds or something. Uh, yeah. I think he got a 12 0 exactly. I think so as well. And that's what I remember. But I mean, and it, then. It, the track was, was so fast, but like it just it started slowing down. I mean, well, it, it was fast, but I think we also have to remember there was how many how many cars were there? Fifty something, sixty something, fifty six, I think. 56, yeah, I think. Ryan Timms came out like thirty sixth in qualifying and something, and hit the old track record, which was like twelve yeah. two four twelve three something, I believe. Yeah, twelve three four, like I think. And he hit the track record. Um, so he was on fire that night, obviously, until he sent it into the wall and like lap 10 of the feature. The feature. Um, yeah, and then Justin Sanders, he was hauling, hauling mail around the top and he kind of did not, not quite as bad, but he slid over the top there coming out of four. I mean, yeah, and uh, Brad Sweet and Kyle battling for the lead both slid over the top. Yeah, then yeah. David Give, Gravel came David in Gravel and finish. swooped in. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure not. I'd have to take a deeper look at the schedules to see how they line up. But I was well. I guess not because now it's a weekend. If it was a midweek show, I could see Gravel going and racing it again with one of his freebies. But I don't. With it being a Saturday, I'm guaranteed that was have a race the same weekend. But um. Let's yeah, uh, so we can talk about the one. PA and Ohio races that they do have, and then we'll move into the highlights of highlights. Okay. Um, so May 25th and 26th is a Bob Weikert Memorial. It's 29K to win at Port Royal. Um, that has the, probably the baddest freaking trophy there is. It's a well, Weikert livestock. You know, so you got that bull, and mm-hmm. it's and so I would love to be a car owner and get that trophy or a driver, but probably better luck at being a car owner. Um, and then the September 5th and 7th, you got a Tuscarora 50, 57K to win. Um, I think that's like 1,000 more than last year, but I think, or this year, I mean, but this year I think it got bumped up to 60,000 because of the cancellation mm-hmm. from the original weekend. 
but now it will be an amazing race as usual. Um, Brian Brown won it this past year, and he was very emotional. And I think that is a race that very well could be a crown jewel, uh, at least for PA. It is for PA sprint car racers, especially out in central PA, it is a crown jewel. And then uh, May 28th, they're at Grandview. Um, it's 20K to win. I believe that's part of the midweek series. I think I did see that. But um, yeah, and then um, in, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. Or yeah, you can go ahead. Uh, so then we move into the few Ohio races that there are. Uh, July thirteenth, we have the Dean uh Knittle, yeah, Knittle Memorial, which is twenty five thousand five hundred fifty four to win. Um, then we have the Portsmouth uh Raceway Park. Um. Oh, that's obviously there. Uh, and then July 17th and 18th, as we were talking before, we have the Joker's Jackpot, which is 100000 to win. Uh, yeah. September 20th through the 21st, we have four crowns at Eldora. Um, and then October 1st is at Atomic with Lucas Oil, which I think I think that's a cool combination for them to do. Yeah, I believe there's at least one more race on or one more set of races on the schedule that are with Lucas Oil, uh, Golden Isles, uh, in Georgia, and I, I believe that's in the highlights. But uh, the four crowns, I mean, as uh, a lot of sprint car fans know, that's a, all three USAC divisions plus sprint cars. And Logan CV was on fire this past year and won all three USAC features, which Kyle Larson and Jack Hewitt are the only ones to ever do that along with CV and um Jack Hewitt actually won all four when he did it but it was not sprint when sprint cars it was modifieds yeah um back then so a little different but I mean I don't see in a four I don't see anybody being able to win all four like that the legend Jack Hewitt but and then yeah. uh an interesting note is that Dean Nettle Memorial uh, at Portsmouth used to be the Ohio Speed Week finale, which now it is not. And like we talked about a little bit earlier, the Ohio Speed Week is kind of the fast series is doing one, but is there going to be a second one? Because I, the talks are, um, I listened to the Dirt Nerds podcast, which is one of the, one of the co-hosts does the Attica Fremont Champion Series. Uh, he's like the owner of that series and. He said that he's been hearing tracks talking about doing what PA does, where PA does their own speed weeks themselves between the tracks, and which now makes sense because all the Port Royal, Lincoln, and Williams Grove each have two two days for a PA speed week, so it makes sense now that I think about it because they're probably the three tracks that put the most into the purse, but yeah. um. And then, like I like we talked about earlier, a lot less races in Ohio, and then how hurt local Ohio teams and tracks. Hopefully, it won't, but we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, I think I think I mentioned earlier there was usually fifteen to twenty All Star races in Ohio, and now there's for the high limit replacing them. There's I think five, yeah, or no four. My bad, I can't count today, but or no, there's six. My bad, I really can't count today. That's okay. Um, and then we'll move on to the rest of the highlights of the schedule. They have their opener February 12th to 13th at East Bay Raceway Park. Originally, the All Stars were supposed to open up at Volusia before on the 6th and 7th, but with the high limit. Um, well, Brian Carter, the CEO of Border Racing Group owns Volusia, and he obviously would not want the competing series to race there. So instead of a three-day outlaw show, they turned it into a four-day with a practice day, and the high-limit opener is at East Bay. Yep, and then uh, February 22nd and 24th, uh, like we talked about, Golden Isle Speedway with Lucas Oil, another Lucas Oil show. Um, April 13th at Texas Motor Speedway uh, with NASCAR. It's another, I think that's another big thing that they're doing, uh, especially for them. 
uh good to bring in the good to bring the two sports together like kyle always said you know yeah uh, like you ra- said, racing should be racing should be all together um and not just and then, dirt and asphalt good yeah and then uh may 3rd and 4th the heartland of america showdown at lakeside speedway the fourth is a 50k to win race just like this past year but it will not be part of the midweek series and now there's also a NASCAR weekend at Kansas Speedway, which is nice to see that, you know, like you said, like the having given opportunities to fans to see both forms of motorsport, the both of the top forms of the respective form of motorsports and top stock car stock car stop or top stock car divisions and one of the top sprint car uh series yeah and then may 14th they get to kokomo speedway it's a midweek show and it's 20k rural racing track indiana you know i love that track that is on my bucket list probably the top track on it maybe this year we'll go to a race there probably won't be that week or i think it's on like a tuesday so probably won't be that unless i win the lottery and can take off work but you never know and then uh, also midweek show or midweek part of the midweek series is Davenport Speedway. Uh, they they go there June fourth. It's number twenty k to win. Um, it's a quarter mile actually, just like Kokomo. They're both quarter miles. Uh, it's a real racy track. I've seen um a lot of good late model races on uh, like Flow and Dirt Vision there, and I'm excited for it. And it's very interesting. It used to be a half mile, but then they shortened it to a quarter mile, and you can cars go onto the track from the big core, big half mile. So not quite like Sharon. Sharon used to be half mile as well, and then turned into asphalt, and then back to uh, a smaller dirt track. Um, it's not a quarter mile. I can't remember off the top of my my head how small it is, but it's not quite the same. But you can. I feel at both tracks you can walk a little bit on the old half miles. Um, yeah, so then June 7th through the 8th, we move on to the race routine foundation at I-70, which is 20, th- oh, 26,000 to win. Um, I don't know much about that race. Uh, do you, what do you know about it? Uh, so um, Kevin Rudine, who owns... Um, the Rudine number 26 at Zebwise Drives, and he's part owner of Skagit. Um, his son, Race, um, had an addiction problem and sadly passed away. I, I'm not sure how many years ago, and they've have they created a race Rudine Foundation in honor of his son. And it's been, I don't know how long it's been going on. I know it's been at least for the past handful of years. And usually, usually it's it's not always out the same track. I think I have I don't know if I seventy hosted it last year or not or this past this season or not. But I mean that I've heard good. I seventy has another date on the high limit schedule, so it must be a pretty good track for them to schedule it more than once. Yep. And then uh, June eleventh, they go to Eagle Raceway for the Eagle Nationals. Uh, Fifty thousand to win. It's only a one night race. Uh, sure, I'm sure it'll bring in a pretty good crowd. Fifty thousand is a lot for high limit uh, all star. Well, it did last year. Last year, it, or this season, I mean, um, it was the midweek series, and it everybody just talked about how great the crowd is. It's in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Four tens aren't. It's not like it used to be. I guess uh, I listened to the Quick Time podcast based out of like Nebraska, and they're. I can't wait to hear what they talk about it because when they talk about it because they were pretty excited last this past year about it and had good opinions on it. So hopefully this year it's some of the same thing. Then uh, June 28th through the 29th, we move on to the Diamond Classic at Lucas Oil Speedway. Um, I think that's going to be a huge race, honestly. I know 25000 isn't that much to win, but Lucas Oil Speedway is uh, it's a pretty good track, so. I think yeah, uh, I, I think a good amount of people will show up to that race, and it's very it's very central. Uh, it's not too far for the PA guys. 
it's honestly not that far for even the west the west coast guys i mean it's a day trip really for them um i i think they'll get a good turnout for that yeah um i know for the hawk at mcmillan memorial that's held there every year there's a good turnout for the wingless uh sprint cars and uh 360 winged sprint cars always a good turnout and stuff and I hate not track on the outlaw game. I always hit oh, the I tires. Uh, but um, I was that was when that DLC was available. I was the most excited for that track. That was last year. Yeah. I, I still I hated it in the game, and I wish I was better at it. But that's just because the game does not race like real life. Because I mean, Port Royal, you can't run the fence. Like you can in real life on a game, which is disappointing. But um, anyways, August twenty second to twenty fourth, it's a Gold Cup, which was an outlaw race, and Corey Day won it this past year for his first outlaw win. It's at Silver Dollar Speedway, which uh, Brad and Kyle and um, Colby Copeland co-own. They all three own it. It is going to be a hundred thousand. And seventy dollars to win finale. It is gonna be freaking crazy. Um, and then I'm gonna say the next race, and then we'll be able to talk about both. I'll get your opinion on both of the these. Um, August 29th to 31st, they're at the Skagit Nationals at Skagit. 100k to win finale. Crazy amount of money, and they got some other races in California and like Oregon and Washington in between and before the Gold Cup as well. So it's a lot of money out there for the 410 guys in Cali. Yeah, and then um, finally, October 11th and 12th, we have the season ender at Texas Motor Speedway with 50000 a win. Um, I think that's a I think that's a kind of low purse for a finale, but... I mean, uh, well... Charlotte, the World Finals pays like 25, 20 yeah. each night. But it's not – so the World Finals, it's a big deal because of – it's not the purse. It's just because it's like the kind of end-of-the-year party type thing. And I feel like they're trying to do that with at Texas Motor Speedway as well, but with more money. And, I mean, for a finale, like, it's a – end of the point series season so it's not so much it's more about the points battle or the potential for the points battle than the to win first so i think it's a really good first for a finale because i think other than the lucas royal finale this past this season most finales are not that high paying and i think that was like a hundred thousand to win yeah you know but yeah so so um Comparing the two schedules, we have five outlaw races that pay over a hundred thousand or more to win. Um, that pay a hundred thousand or more to win. Uh, compared to the three high limit races that are a hundred thousand to win. But I think you also have to look at the bigger picture of that the uh the Commonwealth Clash in Lernerville is probably gonna have just as many cars, if not more, as the hundred thousand dollar races that High Limit is racing this year. Um, I really think last year that race brought in a lot of guys, and I think this year, the next upcoming year, it'll bring in even more as long as weather holds out. Um especially and, with it being on a weekend now. Yeah, yeah. And a two day um, show, two day show, you can get more bang for your buck as a team. Right. And then, so there's lots of uh, high limit races that are paying 20,000 or more to win. Um, the Outlaws don't have uh, all winning purses out yet. So there's still lots of money going around. Sorry, I was trying to read what you said. But, Sorry, uh, no, that was, I, I said, I typed that very bad, like grammar wise. It was very awful. But, but I, I mean, I think comparing the two schedules, um, I think for the teams that do already run outlaws, they'll probably stay with outlaws. But I, I think for the all-star guys, the high limit, um, I think it's a, I think it's a really good option for them. And I think it's a good option for the guys that run the true outlaw schedule too. But I, I still think, I still think you'll see guys like Rico run a true outlaw schedule. Um, 
There's just, there's not, even though there's a lot of events paying good money in the high limit series and a lot of events paying good money in the outlaw series, um, Rico's good enough to go in and get first through fifth in these $100,000 races um, and make four times the amount of money you would racing with the series. Uh, not to say he couldn't win a series and make about the same amount of money, but I, I still think you'll see the guys that are running true outlaw schedules stay with true outlaw schedules. Yeah, I agree because it's the grind of being on tour is crazy. I mean, a lot of the outlaw drivers fly home and stuff in between races, but the crew guys do not. And yeah. that's really hard. And there are two big trips um, from the West Coast to the East for both series. Uh, there's uh, you gotta go from the Skagit Nationals in Washington, cleared to uh, Port Royal for the Tuscarora 50 weekend and four days. That's I think someone posted 2,700 miles, and then yeah. the Outlaws have to go from the to Larry Thunderbolt. Uh, it's and California, they gotta go to Wayne County in Ohio, which is 2,300 miles I've heard, but they got five days to do it, which, I mean, it, both of them be really hard, but I feel like that will deter teams from going with high limit that might would have otherwise just because of the West Coast swing and having to travel that far in such little time. Yeah, but, so um, so knowing what we know about the two schedules, uh, one of the big questions I've had is uh, where do you think Tanner Holmes will end up do you think he's going to get a full ride or you think he's going to stay with himself and probably run true outlaw um from what so david gravel and rico on gravel's live stream last night got asked this question and they said maybe chasing sides seven car because robbie Price is looking for a ride and that isn't more of a low funded team so tanner holmes takes care of equipment that's what how he got the shark ride so maybe there people are guessing that a third shark car maybe but i don't know i i don't see it i don't see it this year they did have one with landon myers that ran kind of around pa some not a ton but i don't see him doing it maybe i don't i mean supposedly the outlaws are offering bonuses for teams that bring two cars on tour with them, which is kind of surprising that the shark cars then split up. But uh, Tanner, I think even if he just runs West Coast again and maybe like do the, the Midwest trip like he did uh, the past couple years, I think he will continue to have success. And Justin Sanders is one that I – think is good enough to have a national tour ride but he won't ryan Timms would be want to i could see going on tour but he's already committed to keith coons's midget ride for the usac mm-hmm. season macri could but i don't think he will he'll do true outlaw again same with marks most likely uh, spencer basin is rumored to switch over to the high limit but and then Noah Gas, I guess, is rumored to be dropping off the Outlaw Tour and just kind of – he'd probably do, like, a true Outlaw thing. That he, he He's talented, and he just doesn't have the equipment like a lot of Outlaw guys. So I think if he did a true Outlaw Tour, it would better his chances at maybe winning one of these, uh, like an Outlaw race or a high-limit race because he can – it's not such a grind week in, week out. But yeah. He's a young guy. He's I think he's he might be a little younger than us, but right around there. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see how things unfold. So I uh I think we should give a quick quick uh overview of the late model schedule and the extreme schedule. Um and then probably call it there because we're about an hour and a half at this point. So Okay, we'll go through these real quick and there are a couple local uh, stuff I want to hit real quick as well. Um, I'll just 
go through the outlaw schedule real quick and then we can discuss big things um when we get through it um so the outlaw late models uh, i did not put how many races they have i think it's like 50 some but they have new nine noon tracks on the schedule um some local tracks and pa tracks are like uh may 16th at raceway seven ken k to win um that's it's one of the new tracks on the schedule uh may 17th at bedford speedway 15k to win another new track then they go to marion center raceway the next day 15k to win and then may 19th at path valley speedway 10k to win um so that little mini speed week type deal um and then july 12th and 13th at sharon speedway 10k to win the first night and then the second night is to be announced um we're we'll head on raceway seven at the end uh state line had been on a schedule the past few years there in new york um just on a like real close to the border so that's interesting that they are not on a schedule anymore um some of the highlights of the schedule they open in volusia for three days in january and then also are there three days in February. They go to the Taudega short track on NASCAR weekend, the 19th to 20th. That's at, like the Alabama gang, 100. And that track put on a really good show for the Outlaw Sprint cars in the spring this year. And then you got to go for 50 at Deer Creek Speedway, the 4th of July weekend, uh, 50K to win on the finale. Prairie Dirt Classic at Fairbury. As usual, the 26th, the 27th of July, 50K to win finale. USA Nationals at Cedar Lake Speedway, the 1st and third, 1st to 3rd of August, 50K to win finale. Um, the World Finals are at Charlotte. And to start off us discussing the highlights and their schedule, um, Sonoya Raceway is on the schedule. Um, that's a big hunt-to-front track. That they feature a lot on their videos. Will it finally not get rained out of a big touring series race? Every time they schedule a touring, big touring series race, they rain out. So, do you think the rain will not, the curse of the rain continue or not at Sonoya Raceway? I, I think the curse will continue. Honestly, I, I, I just don't see them getting the race. And I, I feel like every year I see, all these teams go over there and they're like, well, got rained out again. We're going home or they just go somewhere else. But I, I don't see the, I don't see the race happening. Um, I, I feel like maybe they should stop scheduling it at a bad time of the year for the part of the U S but who am I to say? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it'll be rained out again. I hope not because I, I mean, they were supposed to have an all-star race this year, then, like, February, and it got rained out. And then they were supposed to have, like, the um, Flow Night, Casual Night in America series finale this fall, and it got rained out as well. But it's okay. That helped Bobby Pierce get not only one, not only two, but three super late model national championships this season. Yeah, to, to like two like midweek type show like series and then the uh, World of Outlaw Championship. So it, yeah. But, um. Well, before we move on to uh, the Extreme Midget Series, uh, how do you feel about Raceway Seven being an Outlaw event now? Are they still hosting uh, Lucas event? I, Lucas has not released their schedule yet, so I don't know, but I hope. They still host Lucas, um, the Great Lakes Fifty. It, I mean, I, I, I like. I would think I like races that have names, so I hope they keep it. But I don't know. We'll see. I that track. I don't know if they can afford two touring series, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Hopefully, they have the opportunity to have both and make lots of money off of both races. But I was actually going to ask you about that as well before we moved on. Yeah, but, so um, um, moving on, finally, we'll talk about the Extreme Midget Series for a while, uh, and then we'll highlight a few local racing schedules, and then we'll uh, we'll end it off from there. But uh, the Extreme Midget schedule, 
Uh, they have a 30 race season with nine new tracks. Their PA tracks are the Appalachian Midget Week, co sanctioned by uh, ARDC, which is August 7th through the 10th, 4,000 to win each night. Uh, they're at Action Track, uh, USA, Linda Speedway, Path Valley Speedway Park, and then the Clyde Martin Memorial Speedway. Uh, the weak person foe is still to come. I'm sure it'll be pretty good. Um, and then moving on to the highlights of the schedule, their opener is at the Southern Illinois Center in DeCoin March uh, from the 15th to the 16th. The uh, next big highlight we have is May 21st through the 22nd at Millbridge Speedway. Uh, it's 4,000 to win on the first night, 5,000 win on the second night. Uh, I think Millbridge is probably the raciest midget track outdoor midget track um in my opinion i think they always yeah. host incredible races there um you can see it all over uh social media anytime they race there even weekend races are huge there uh crazy slide jobs just a really racy track in general um then may 24th through the 25th we move on to atomic 4,000 win both nights with the Outlaw Sprint Cars. Um, cool that they're combining both. May 30th, we move on to Doe Run Raceway. 4,000 win August 2nd and the 3rd. At I-55 for the Ironman 55 with the Outlaw Sprint Cars. 4,000 win on the first night. 5,000 win on the second night. And finally, their season ends at Jacksonville. Uh, and that is October 4th through the 5th. 4,000 win the first night and 5,000 win the second night. Yeah, I've heard uh, good things about Doe Run Raceway for their micro races. And, I mean, Millbridge is known for their micro races, uh, both really racing tracks. But I will kind of dispute for the best racing midget track. I believe Kokomo is that they are. Kokomo is, I'm in love with that track. But I also really love Millbridge and hopefully someday go there. But, yeah. Um, so now we're going to talk a little bit about some local racing stuff that um as of Friday at like 2 o'clock um, the December 1st, this is all that was released so far other than the na the national right touring races at like Sharon and Lernerville. Mm -hmm. But um, it all run like Raceway 7 and stuff like that. But um marion center raceway they released their schedule around actually like the same day as outlaws released their schedule so they run super late models weekly and they have their outlaw show and stuff and then they run summer classes weekly so i'd love to go there sometime it's a big half mile um i don't know if i will ever go there with them running seven classes because i don't know if i can sit through seven classes but maybe I can do it for one night. Hey, but, we uh, sat through uh we sat through a lot of classes at the uh the Steel City. Yeah, Stampede. So it was about forty yeah. degrees out, so yeah. We also had a couple beers, so it not helped. Two dollar bush um, lights, man, can't beat it. Yeah. And then um the only other thing is PPMS, they have an opener March sixteenth scheduled. It's a part of Gold 75. Um, it starts at 12 p.m. Uh, it's a Saturday. Uh, 4K to win Fast Series Race. It's 20 laps. 4K to win ULMS Super Late Mall Series Race. 30 laps. Two and a half. Or 2.5K to win uh, SCDRA. That is the same. That is a many stock uh sanction i i don't think i think it's just a rule book i don't think it's a series but that's 20 laps the lap totals add up to 75 so that's why it's the part of forward 75 i would love to go to that but i sat through a, a hummingbird that earlier this fall they had a ulms race and i went there because i never went to hummingbird and they had a 2.5k to win scdra race and there were 50 some many stocks and i hated myself throughout the whole thing yeah that's but, fair so but 
I mean, as we saw at Lunarville for the Stampede, um, the three heat races of the many socks wrecked less than the super late model feature. So this is true. Uh, so can't be too bad then, I guess. But um, so I have uh, I have one final question before we end it out. Uh, okay. Do you see Tri City Speedway and PA closing this year, or do you think they'll open back up? I mean, supposedly they're in talks with Hummingbird to do a point series for the small block modifieds between the two tracks. But I don't, I see them opening, but I see them, I see me not going there. Oh, yeah. If they too. open, because it, I hate it because it, it, it's literally my home track because it's like six minutes from my house. I can walk to it from my grandma's house, like literally just through the woods. I hate to see it not do well, but maybe somebody will buy it and return it to its glory of having a two-day Labor Day show for the World of Outlaw Late Models like it did when we were in elementary school. But we'll see how it turns out. But, I mean, I'm excited for more schedules to drop for us locally and then, you know, try to plan what races I would want to go to and then find out next year what ones i actually go to yeah. but uh, i'm pretty excited um to see how things turn out for this high limit and outlaw situation and hopefully ohio doesn't suffer from it that's my main concern the schedules are interesting and i mean it's very exciting time to be a sprint car fan not only just a racing fan but um, so that's pretty much it. Uh, like, yeah. comment, subscribe, follow, whatever. We're gonna try to put it up on every uh, thing you can listen to or watch, and just you know, no, just don't give any flags. No flags given. That's that's our motto here on this podcast. Yeah, that's uh. That's about all I have too, you know. We'll uh try and upload weekly uh as things come out. Might be bi weekly, might be monthly. Hopefully it'll be weekly. But we'll uh yeah try and keep informed on all the news going on and obviously talk about racing once it starts again. But until then we'll keep uh pondering about what we think the season will be like and move on from there. Yep. All right. I think that's it for see ya.